0: 1 john chapter 4 and i'm going to be reading from verse 7 to the end of verse 11. and john writes to the church beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god anyone who does not love does not know god because god is love and this The love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Let's pray. Father, as we come to this passage on love, We can start by asking you to forgive us, but we don't love how you've called us to love. Help us, Father. Please forgive us. Help us to love according to your word. Help us to humble ourselves before your throne of grace and plead for help and mercy and grace so we can love one another according to Scripture. You've called us to love us with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and then love our neighbor as ourselves. Starting here in the church, loving one another. And then working our way out into this dark world, loving the stranger, loving the enemy, loving the unlovely, loving everybody. Father, thank you for this passage which has challenged me and hopefully it will challenge all of us as we work through this entire book. And also the rest of John chapter 4 verses 7 to 21. May we all be challenged to love one another because God has loved us. So, father please help me now to be clear and understood pray and ask this all in jesus name amen as a christian when we think of god's love what comes to our mind when you think of god's love what comes to your mind or how would you define love when we think of god's love but mainly what comes to your mind Is it a fuzzy, warm love that God's talking about here? Is it a big teddy bear love? Is it a friendship love? A friendly spirit of tolerance love? An emotional love? A romantic love? Or is it a harsh, cruel love? How would the world define love? And how would the Christian define love? I guarantee you, the Christian and the world are very close. Because we've lost touch. Of God's love because we don't see where love is displayed. We don't look to where love is displayed. Think think of it like this. Here's an example. We all know John 3 16. For God so loved the world that He felt fuzzy, warm about us, that He felt romantic about the world, that He was emotional and, and, and He felt sorry for us. Is that his love for the world? No. We want to know what God's love is? Let me carry on reading that passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you see something about that love? It's sacrificial and it benefits someone. Not God, it benefits us. I'll read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, God's love is an act of self sacrifice. It's not a feeling. I know we can say feelings may come with love around us, but I'm saying it's mainly a, it's an action. The word for love in the Greek is agape, or agape, or agape. And it's the highest level of love that is associated with God and God alone. And it's a verb and it's an action. God didn't just say in the Trinity, okay guys, to the Son or to the Holy Spirit, we're going to love and let the world discover that themselves. No, we're going to show them how to love and we're going to show them what love is all about. And you, the Son, are going to go. And Jesus went, willingly, Voluntarily. He wasn't kicked out of heaven. He didn't rebel. He came. Willingly. And voluntarily. We read it in Philippians. Isn't that amazing? Willem had no idea I was going to preach on this. There he read Philippians chapter 2. God came and he humbled himself. He gave up. To become a servant. To become a man. Love is an act of self-sacrifice, and when we talk about self-sacrifice, we're talking about meeting needs as well, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to love according to His word, and we know from this passage that John is talking about loving each other first, loving one another first. We've already touched on this in one John chapter three verses sixteen to eighteen. By this we know love that He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. It's an action. It's not just lip service. It's not lip service to compassion. Go well, my friend. We get down and we help each other. Because if we don't, then we are just being disobedient to Jesus and we're sinning against the body of Christ when we don't help each other actively. It's easy to say, I love you. It's easy to tell someone, I'm going to pray for you. But not, I have any father. Not Jesus. And not the Holy Spirit. God's love is always action in its practice. So this morning, I want us to look at I don't know how many things, I don't know how many parts, but all I know is I want to start this morning looking at God's love in God's Son, which I borrowed from Joel Beakey's Study Bible. And then when we get to the next part of this passage, I will look at God's love in God's children. Because we, as a church, we always start with God's love in God's children. We always encourage each other, which I'm going to focus on now, in the wrong way. So if we want to love as God's children, we need to go to God's love in God's Son. We need to actually see what God's love has done for us in God's Son. And if we can embrace that truth, hopefully the love that is in our heads will become love in our hands. Isn't that what we want We have love up here. We can say the right thing. We can have beautiful words. We can send lovely emails, lovely WhatsApps. But it needs to be in our hands. We need to get active. We need to get dirty. Jesus came down. We're going to see that now in our first thing. But this this, over the next... Two, three, four, five, six, I don't know how many Sundays, I want us to look at John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21, and hopefully, we, by the time we finish with this, we'll embrace God's love and not just have it in our head, but also in our hands. There was a man in South America that preached on loving one another, and the first morning he got to church, he said, Good morning to the congregation, and he said, We're going to focus on God's love, loving one another. Go home. They came back the following Sunday. Good morning, church. We're going to continue to focus on God's love. Loving one another. Go home. Did that for seven Sundays. It was the seventh Sunday they came back. He started seeing them loving one another. Then he said, now we can preach on God's love. Because you're doing it. Until we do it, I think we've missed the boat. We have so much in here. We can tell the facts about Jesus. We can tell so much. But... Jesus' words and his promises and his commands are far more important than facts at times. So for the next two, three, four Sundays we're going to look at God's love in God's Son and then we're going to look at God's love in God's children. But this morning we want to focus on God's love in God's Son and we're going to look at our first truth, like I said, to help us to move God's Love out of our heads into our hands, and our first truth to encourage us to embrace God's love is found in verse 9, one, John chapter four, God sent his only son into the world. And we read that in verse nine, which I'll read again. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, shown among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through Him. God always does something with a purpose and a reason. doesn't just do things haphazardly and leave us to think things out and work it out for ourselves. God sent His only Son into the world. This verse focuses on the incarnation, the person of Jesus. Jesus come as truly man and truly God god into this world but before we look at the incarnation there's a few verses before that which we need to tackle beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god and john gets very in your face here he's serious anyone who does not love let me tell you now does not know god because god is love and he's talking about christian love we know people can love out there and they don't know god and some people do it better than christians some people share better than Christians that don't know God. But he's talking about a love that abides in us. And it's God who lives in us. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And we'll, work, we'll as we move into this passage, we see where this love comes from. And who is the one that is helping us to love. But here's the question. When we are struggling to love, We normally go to a person what do we do that's the question what do we do we normally take them scripture and we can take them scripture scripture we can say listen here john why aren't you loving can i just remind you what god's word says it says beloved and we can take verses 7 to 8 and we can say beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god do you agree with that john yes but now john if you're not loving and you haven't loved for a while john I haven't seen you in church for a year. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So John, you've got to wrestle. I'm bringing you this. I'm not telling you you're not a Christian. I'm not telling you you are not a christian i am not telling you do not know God. I'm telling you what God's Word says. You go away now and wrestle with God. Because if you're not loving God by showing coming to His church and worshipping Him and loving Him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and go out that door and love your neighbor then there's something wrong with your heart and that something is maybe God is not in your heart. Like you thought it was when you were here a year ago and really worshiping and rejoicing and what do we do we take scripture to folk and we encourage them Now, there's nothing wrong with reminding them there's nothing wrong with that and it's good because we need to show people if you love you know God if you don't love then you must ask yourself do you really know this God because John is John is telling us the truth he's speaking the truth this is love if God, if John didn't warn us, and we know the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit, that's not love. We need to be warned. We need to be told. We need to be reminded. And when we think of God's love, we, 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 we're without excuse, because we know that it's not human achievement. It's actually God who stirs up our hearts to love, because love is a gift from God. When we are saved, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And we know from Galatians 5.22, it's also one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, love. And we need to cultivate that love so we can stop loving ourselves and become selfish Christians, but start loving God and become selfless Christians and start loving the people around us. And so we bear fruit. So love is a gift from God because God is love god is love and when we ask well how do we how do we know god is love well god is love it's his nature it's who he is god's love means more than than saying god is loving or that god sometimes loves god is love we might say grandma catherine is a very loving person which tells us kind of in verses 7 to 8, but it's a lot more different than that. What John is is not telling us is that this is a quality which God possesses. And when we start talking like that, we start comparing, we we kind of compare God with ourselves. God is otherly, he's beyond us, he's not like us. John is making a statement about the essence of God's being. It's his nature to love. He doesn't love me this morning because I read my scriptures. He doesn't love us all here, who are all here at church because we're here at church. It's unconditional. It's in spite of. He loves us because what he did for us through his son, he loves us. It comes through his son. There's nothing we can do here this morning to make make God love us more. God is love. When we think of religion, people that are religious will say, I love people, therefore I am loved by God. That's religion. I love people, therefore I am loved by God. That's religion. Christianity is, I am loved by God, therefore I love people. That's the gospel. That is Christianity. God is not a God of performance. Someone said, "The eternal love between the fathers the, sorry, the eternal love between the father, son and spirit that existed before creation spills over into his creation as God perpetually gives of himself for the benefit of his creation." The eternal love between the Father, Son, and the Spirit that existed before creation spills over into His creation as God perpetually gives of Himself to the benefit of His creation. Everything that God has done for us in this world before the cross is for the benefit of His people. Everything that God has done now by the cross, to the cross, by His Son is still for the benefit of His people. Just think... If God's love did not spill over into this world, this world would be far worse. Half of us might not make it to church this morning because of murder, theft, because of hatred. If it wasn't for God's common grace, God's compassion, God's love that sees that this world does not get out of spin, it would be far worse. The fact that God constantly gives of Himself His love for the benefit of His creation, this is what makes God's love so remarkable. God doesn't have to love us, but He chooses to love us through His Son, Christ Jesus. And we need to encourage each other to love one another because this is how that verse 7 and 8 is talking about beloved let us love one another for love is from god and he's talking to christians if you say you're a christian then your love is from god and and god's love is in you and now you must love one another it's not a matter of feeling like it but it's a matter of doing it, it doesn't matter how you feel this morning it doesn't matter what's happened to you during the night or the day it's about Obeying God, doing as His Word says. And we are so easily controlled by feelings. Because, let's, let's put it this way, we can, have, we can have a plan to meet someone for coffee at 1 o'clock tomorrow, and we are so looking forward to it, and guess what, we get a phone call tonight that just changes our mood completely, and we phone the person up and says, Listen, now, I'm not feeling so lucky. I've had this call. I, I, can I just have some time out, and I'll see you. Our love should be more concerned about that person, not about us. We're always concerned about us when it comes to loving. We're not concerned about the other person. What, what That person might have something to tell you. He might, he might need your love. It's like home fellowship group. We should be at home fellowship group as often as we can because you don't know how much of an encouragement you can be to that person that's there tonight. Our love is selfish love. I'm talking to myself as well. Because we still love conditionally. If Jesus loved us conditionally, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be standing here this morning. And John has all the reason to teach us about love because he was taught by Jesus. After Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to his disciples, a new commandment I give. To you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you. Have I shown you, or have I loved you? I've shown you through the washing of the feet. It's action. Who should have washed Jesus' feet? The disciples. They should have washed Him and, and, and loved Him and, and pampered Him in that sense. But He, the Son of God, takes that towel, puts it over His shoulder, and He serves the people that should be serving Him love the way that i've showed you that you love one another just as i've loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another we're saying how great is our god how great is our god you know how we show how great is our god to the world through our love that's how they see god None of us can see God, but we can see God in each other if we are walking according to God's word. Isn't that, wasn't that said about Jesus? When he came? In him, his grace and truth. And he came and showed God to them. And they knew that God was in him. But some were blinded by Satan. The ones that thought they knew God pushed him aside. So, To bring us back to our first truth, it's good to take scripture to motivate each other to love one another. But John does something far greater than that. In verses 9 to 10, he takes us back to the cross. In verse 9, he takes us back to, in this the love of God was manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world. So that we might live through him. There is the incarnation. There God comes to live amongst his people. In Jesus. Jesus is truly man and truly God. He's one person. And then in verse 10 we see again the cross. And this is love. Not that we have loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That will be our second truth. We will look at Lord willing next sunday so this morning like i said then look at god's love in god's son and that first truth is the incarnation and we see in verse 9 we see the true meaning of god's love from his viewpoint how many of us sit back and just have mere words of love but not god in this The love of God was made manifest among us, was shown among us, that God sent his only son into the world. His only son. He didn't have another three sons he could lean on. He had one son, his only son. God gave up a lot for us. Are we grateful and thankful? Have you ever thanked God for sending his only son into this world? The sinless man, the Son of God, the Messiah. You see, God's love is action. It's not empty sentiment. God's great love for us was made manifest by sending His only Son into the world. It was shown through His only Son. He could have sent an angel. He could have sent an angel and showed His love and who He was through an angel. And his son would never have been touched or hurt or murdered or killed. But then our salvation falls flat. And we'll see why the incarnation is so important for our salvation. Because our God needed. Well our Savior needed to be God. Isaiah tells us. I, i am the lord and besides me there is no savior without god coming in the flesh there is no savior jesus was truly man and truly god we are not saying at all that god becomes man and man becomes god as some cultists claim That's what people say. Oh, when Jesus came to the world, God becomes man and man becomes God. That's what cultists say. Or or they merge as a third person. Now there's three persons. That's all heresy. Jesus' two natures, truly God and truly man, are distinct from one another. Jesus has two natures. He is one person. Jesus is truly man and truly God. It's a mystery. And I'm not going to sit there and try to work it out. Because you'll take me out and stone me. And I'll waste your time. And just reading around. um, Why was it necessary? Why was Jesus' full humanity necessary? Well, he had to be our representative, an obedient representative. He had to be a substitute, a substitute of a sacrifice. He had to die for sin in our place. He had to be an example. It's amazing. John's already told us here in 2.6. Whoever says he abides in him, that's in Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And we look to Jesus. What a great example to look to, to learn how to love. Learn how to walk obediently and humbly. I mean, it's just... It's just that passage that um, Willem read, it's just amazing that we... We don't embrace it as, as well as we should. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God. I quite they sure They often that Jesus said, maybe he said it to himself, maybe he didn't, because if he did, he might have sinned. So I'm crossing lines here. But it's like the boss says, I've had enough of these people. I've had enough of that guy working. Here. He doesn't listen. He just keeps making mistakes, keeps doing the same thing. Fire him, get rid of him. I wonder how many times... Jesus could have not that he would have said it, could have said, "I've had enough of these guys. I've enough of this humanity. They never listen to me. My own people don't even listen to me. Father, let's just send down angels and let's wipe them out. Let's start fresh. But no. Jesus showed humility. He had the power to lean on his own understanding and be wise in his own eyes. He had the power. But it says there, do nothing from selfish ambition. Or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross." Only the scum of the world in that time died on the cross. It was a curse to die on the cross. And Jesus came and he lived an obedient, sinless life. And people still did not listen to him. That's why he said often, if you have ears, listen. He who listens is doing my will. He who is doing my will will be blessed. Blessed. The Israelites were warned back in Deuteronomy. Cursed is the man who disobeys. Blessed is the man who obeys my words, my commands. So Jesus comes. The only Son is sent by His Father. Comes into this world to live. To to display God. To do exactly what John says. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made Him known. And that's Jesus. Has made Him known. Jesus Christ has made God known. As we live godly lives, we make God known as well. Through our lifestyles, through our words. What kind of a God do people see? What kind of a God do the people see in churches? The way they carry on at times. Jesus Christ became one with us and one of us in order to rescue us from our sin death and win for us eternal life. That's what it said at the end of verse 9. In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. The only way a human being can live in this world is through God. That's why the world is in such turmoil. Man has forgotten God. The only way to the true living God is through Jesus. I'm the way and the truth. life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The only way we as Christians can live is through Him. And when we live through Him, we have eternal life. And how do we show we have eternal life? By loving one another. Because love is from God. And where does that love come from? The cross. Because when He died and was buried and rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended and is seated next to the right hand of the Father and when He sent His Spirit upon the church ten days after His ascension and when we believed, the Holy Spirit poured out God's love into our hearts to help us, to love, to take you off the pedestal and put God where He belongs in our heart on the pedestal. And jesus came first to to show us how to love and lord willing when we get to our second truth in god's son god's love is shown in in god's love is shown in god's son our second truth is really propitiation the church needs to embrace that needs to embrace the cross if you want to motivate christians To wake up out of their complacency, especially people that profess to be Christians, they never come to church, is take them back to the cross. Show them what Jesus did for them. And then show them how they are him, because His body is the church. He died and gave Himself up for her, the church. you know what Ephesians 5.25 says? Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. The church is the body of Christ. What body do the people see out there? One that is loving? One that is caring? One that is compassionate? Or do they see people just fighting over whatever petty stuff? We need to love. Beautiful quote. Someone said, The love which is the proof of a true relationship with God is a love which is manifested in actions for the benefit of others, even to the point of self sacrifice. It's easy to come to church on a Sunday when you feel well, happy, in a good mood. But as soon as we have news that is negative, we always seem to stay away from church. It's a self sacrifice, it's not easy. That's why we need each other. We need, to, we need to be gentle with each other. We need to love each other out of our complacency. Let's pray that we will allow this passage as we, when we eventually finish with it. That we will no longer have God's love in our heads, but it will be in our hands as well. Because we will see God's love in God's Son and what it costs Him for us to have His love living in us. Which needs to be cultivated through the Word. That's how we feed this love and we nurture it. And it only becomes mature when we put it into practice. You're not a mature Christian because you, you know the Bible off by heart. You're not a mature Christian because you yeah every Sunday. You're not a mature Christian because you go to prayer meetings. You're not a mature Christian because you know verses off by heart. You're a mature Christian when you take God's Word and you apply it to your lives through the difficulties and the struggles, especially when you suffer. That shows maturity. We only become mature when we take what we know and we put it into practice because that is hard. And that's why Jesus was a perfect man, a beautiful man. Because he was just up against the wall every day, fighting his own people in love for the truth. But they turned his back. So let us look at this first truth. God sent his only son into the world. Jesus come in the flesh, the incarnation. Let's take this first truth and hopefully we'll be challenged To embrace God's love not in our heads but in our hands in our hands where we can now meet people on the street first year in this church let's look to the cross and there we're reminded of this great truth verse 14 starts with who gave himself for us to redeem us jesus christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness all wickedness all sin and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works we should be zealous to love but we aren't because good works bear fruit And the beautiful thing is, when we love, our brothers get hope, we get joy, and God gets glory. But we don't see it like that. When we hope, we want to see what we can get out of it. That's wrong. Let's hope each other love According to God's word. Let it come out of our heads and into our hands. And let us start being doers of God's word. Let us come to the cross now and be reminded of what our Father did for us through his Son. To bring us life. So we might live through him. And love like he loved. Where Jesus finished, we continue. We should be continuing the same work Jesus was doing before he died. We continue that. We have His Spirit, and we continue that work. Let's pray, Father. Thank you again for your sacred Scriptures. Thank you again. We're reminded from Your Word, and it's Your Word alone, how to live as Christians, how to love, how to do things. It's not our opinion or our figment of our imagination. We know You're not a big teddy bear. We know You—you you don't love th- emotionally through feelings because you decided today you would love us and bless our worship service and next week you don't love us and don't bless us you love because you are God and it's your it's in your nature to love God is love and that's all we can explain why God loves because God is love and we thank you for this father and thank you that you sent your only son into the world to show us this love how Jesus treated people and healed people and fed people and spoke to people and rebuked people and corrected people and encouraged people. There we see true love coming from Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. So Father, please help us to take hold of these truths, especially this truth that you sent your only Son in the flesh to display and manifest your love among us. Help us, Father. And thank you that you've shown your love in your Son. Thank you, Father. But forgive us and help us to love according to your word. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.